SEL Convergence is back again for another episode, another conversation. Today, Tom is going to be talking to someone who is making the conscious choice to teach happiness. Tom? Thanks, Mike. As always, I really appreciate your introduction. I really appreciate your commitment to our work together. And thank you for all the work that you do on this podcast. Uh, my friends, tonight I have this wonderful, wonderful teacher with us, Deb Langle. Deb is a teacher in Boyertown Area High School. And tonight I've asked Deb to be with us because I found out a couple of weeks ago she's doing something incredibly exciting. She, Deb, tell folks about Happiness 101. So um, at Boyertown, I'm not sure how many years ago, but I feel like it was like six or seven years ago, we decided to implement a flex period um, in the middle of the day. It's 20 minutes long. And the whole idea was that no, there would be no teaching going on in the building and everyone would be free. And during that time, we thought we would use it for makeups and we would use it for tutoring. And then it ended up that we started using it for remediation. And we started using it for enrichment. So the first enrichment that I did was SAT prep. And after doing that for a little while, I started seeing what other people were doing. And I saw that there were some art classes and there were some writing classes and there was a yoga class. And I thought, what if I did something on positive psychology? Um, it was something that I would have to sell because students would have to choose it. They would choose it over the other choices or doing nothing because they can also go to the cafeteria and talk with their friends. So I knew I was going to have to um, sell it. So that's why I came up with Happiness 101 instead of Positive Psychology. Um, I chose a couple of friend, of a couple of um, students that I'm really friendly with, that I had a good relationship with, and I asked them to join me, and they brought their friends. And that's how the first year of Happiness 101 came about. So it really grew organically. What, what made you reach out to those particular original students? Uh, they were students that I had a good relationship with that I had like personally helped them. You know, I had a personal connection with mm -hmm. um, that I knew that they would benefit from spending, that we would benefit from spending more time together. I love that. I love that you just emphasized that we would, would benefit from spending more time together. And our, our listeners can't see your smile, but you're smiling in response to that. So, so talk to us about how important that we is. Well, to me, it's the best part of my day. Um, it, it just makes everything um, better. I get to take a little bit of time out of my day. And I, um, in teaching the students, I have to implement the, the principles myself. So I feel like it makes me a better person. Mm. I watch them grow and learn and um, have received beautiful emails from them afterwards about how much it has made their life better. And when I didn't even think that was the case. Mm. Uh, and that was very, very surprising to me. Um, I was just going to say, like, we just spend some time um, each day. Like, it's since then, it's grown a lot. In the very beginning, it wasn't very organized. I had some guest speakers speakers, people that I knew. They came in and talked to the kids. We did gratefulness journals. Um, we, we joined the yoga group one day a week. We tried some meditation. Um, it was pretty, it wasn't very planned out. Um, it didn't have a lot of structure and 
as it's gone on, it's become much more structured. And it's no longer me reaching out to a couple of kids. It's students talking to one another and they start talking about it and they choose it. Uh, students that I don't even know now sign up. Wow. For so so it, it has grown by word of mouth? Yes. It, what? How, how many folks are in this happiness 101 flex period with you? So I have 24 right now. Wow. I know that, that more than 24 wanted it. They capped it at 24. Um, and they're going to switch me at the semester and I'm going to get different children. Uh, so when you initially shared with us that you had to sell it, and I understand selling it to students, did you also to some degree have to sell it to administration? I did. I definitely did. Um, the one thing that we've talked about at Boyertown is we are committed to SEL, to social emotional learning. So I just had to prove that it wasn't going to be fun and games, mm. um, that it was going to have some meat to it, that it was going to be worthwhile time, that we weren't just going to spend every day being silly. Um, in the very beginning, I had a lot of principals come in to watch. And um, that was very rewarding because they were they were very happy with what they saw. They were surprised that students were willing to share with one another um, about their you know, their own personal lives. One of the things that I was really great, that I was really proud of the last, our last get together for uh, the first year, we had what we called the big share mm. and um, everyone brought it, everyone shared a talent. So I had kids who had video of them cutting hair. I had kids that had video of them skateboarding. And then the best one was a young man that you would have never expected, um, played guitar and sang for the very first time in public. He'd never even sang for his mother. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, just wonderful things, wonderful sharing things. So when you share that example, the young man who who played the guitar and sang in public for you and, and, and his classmates, what word comes to my mind is trust. Yes. How much that you and all of the students have have developed this sense of trust with each other. Can you share with our our listeners because i'm sure folks are going to want to want to reach out to you or 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 find some way they can do something like this what's the uh for lack of a better word what's the curriculum look like what's the agenda look like so right now um i've decided that monday will be meditation and um we use an app that teaches you how to meditate and since we're only doing it once on Mondays, it's an app that teaches you how to meditate in 30 days. So that has been fantastic. Uh, Tuesday, the school district asked that I tutor. No big deal. I'm a math teacher. I'm glad to tutor students. <laughs> um, Wednesdays, uh, we work on the weekly content, whatever that is for the for the week. Um, we'll have a topic for the week. Like it might be sleep. It might be uh, meditation. It might be random acts of kindness. Um, it'll be different, important things that we talk about for the week. Uh, Thursdays, we do thankfulness journals mm. where they write three things that they're thankful for, and they have to write as much detail as they can, and they can share or not share. It's really up to them. And then um, I asked my students what was their favorite thing, and it was funny. Some said meditating because Mondays are hard. Some said the thankfulness journals, but most of them said fun Fridays. <laughs> what are some fun things you've been doing this year? So I try to have a, um, on Fridays, we try to do a phone free time. Um, we've blown bubbles because 
that has been shown scientifically to improve mood because of the color of the bubbles, the fact that you're almost making a smile when you blow the bubbles. Um, it's hard not to laugh when you're blowing bubbles. Yeah. Uh, we had them choose songs that they liked and we put them into a bucket and we pull out a song and then we play it really loud um, over the speakers <laughs> in the room and we we dance around to it. I love that. It's a real fun one. Um, we've done a mural where each student had a different part of the mural and they colored it independently and then we joined it all together. We've raised butterflies. Um, I've had after school activities where I taught them how to make chunky blankets. Um, we've done puzzles where we had limited resources and you had to work together because you weren't allowed to touch each other's puzzle pieces. Um, so I will try anything. And one of my favorite things prior to COVID was we made pancakes. Mm. And, um, you know, they, they spent the entire day, it was right before Christmas, they spent the entire day making pancakes for all of my classes. Now, again, our listeners can't see, but Mike is smiling on that one. <laughs> you like the pancake idea, Mike? Just a little bit. <laughs> That's fantastic. So let me take you back, Deb, to uh, the response of the administrators as they visited. Have you received specific feedback? Um, just that, no, I haven't really gotten any emails specifically or anything. Um, at one time, they were thinking about discontinuing the Happiness 101 because they were concerned about needing more math teachers to do remediation. Mm. Um, so I was able to spend some time talking about the, the positive impact that um, having the right mindset has for these students and how it's going to improve their, their education throughout the day. Beautiful. So, so take, take all of us. Now, again, our listeners don't know, Deb's one of our social emotional learning champions in Boyertown School District. Uh, and, and many folks, uh, myself being one years ago, many years ago, uh, would say, gee, math is probably the hardest connection to make to SEL. But here we have Deb, our math teacher, who's not only making the connection to SEL, but making the connection to positive psychology and creating a flex period for Happiness 101. Take us back, Deb, uh, whether it's positive psychology or something else, when all this began to kind of click for you or come up for you, or when did you first get excited or interested in this field? This has been my passion from the very beginning. I always said that I did not want to become a teacher to teach math. I came became a teacher to teach children. Beautiful. And math is what they pay me to teach. But what I really want to teach um, is children how to be happy, how to be lifelong learners, how to feel good about themselves. That was always my goal from the very, very beginning, you know, 25 years ago. So I, I, I'm just thrilled. And I, and I, I hope everyone here's what our friend Deb is sharing, because that's our job in education. It's to teach children. And, and for Deb, it's math. For me, it was language arts. For Mike, it's special education. And we all have our different content areas, but, but what a gift that is. Did you, have, did you have a chance to kind of dig deeply into uh, the positive psychology from Marty Seligman at Penn, or were there other resources? So I, I definitely started with him. And then I went to uh, Lori Santos. Okay. She's out of Yale. She's just a college course um, that 
I tried to model a lot of my classes after. Um, I had to break it down into a lower level because it's for college level, um, but I found that to be a great resource. And then I also really love uh, Sean Aker out of Harvard. Mm. And, and um, do I remember he actually teaches a class in happiness? Um, he has a company now. He has oh. written a bunch of books. So he may, he definitely, you know, he definitely um, does talks. And so he probably does at this point. Okay. okay. Just amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah. I've read, I've read two of his books that are just totally immersed in that in his happiness research. And that's my favorite part about this is it's research. It's not, we're not guessing. We actually know, we have statistical data. They can see that what parts of the brain light up when they do a scan. We know that this helps not only their positive mood, but it also makes it easier to learn. I just think it is, it's a very important thing. Have you seen any connection to students calming, uh, reduced anxiety uh, in preparing for exams or tests or, or even in these incredible stressful times we're in right now the past couple of years to help our listeners understand the connection between the work you're doing and helping kids reduce anxiety? So... A bunch of the kids in the very beginning came from my from my pre-calculus class because it's the hardest math class that I teach and it's extremely stressful. And a lot of these kids have math anxiety. They don't like math and they'll always say, I don't like math, but I like you. So it's kind of like the game. It's the game I play. Um, I make it a situation where they feel comfortable with me so that they can ask questions so that they can um, so they can be vulnerable. And I didn't realize how much it was helping them until afterwards when I asked them, when I thought that they were going to cancel the program, I went back to a bunch of my former students and I said, would you just write an email that I could share with the administration about what this meant to you? And I was so touched and I didn't realize how much it helped them. And they said that it was their safe space during the day, that it made, it was a place where they could be themselves. And, um, for some of them, they said they had, they had anxiety and it made it so they could finish out their day. Wow. So, so I think it opens up an education, you know, they're educationally, if they're staying in the building and they're not going home, it's so, definitely helping if they can feel more comfortable. So we know that we cannot learn well when we're stressed, when we're anxious, when we're fearful. And you, you know, the positive psychology data is there. You have your own data and experiences there. Take, take me to math class. Now, I never got near calculus, pre-calculus or any calculus, but, but take me to any of your math classes in the first week of school. What are things that you're doing? You talked about a game and you, yeah. and you want them to connect to you first. What, what explicitly are you doing? So I love to spend the first couple of minutes in class being silly. Um, not too silly because I don't want to get it so crazy that I can't bring them back, but a little bit silly. Um, I try to be vulnerable. Um, I try to be as authentic as I can. Um, I like to find out what, what they're interested in. And I try to find connections and things that, you know, that we're similar about. Um, one of the things that I do during the classroom is 
occasionally I make mistakes on the board. So I give them extra credit uh, tickets if they catch a mistake. There's a whole bunch of reasons I do that. One of them is because it makes smart, it makes kids pay attention, like especially like higher achievers who think they know everything. They actually have to now pay attention because they're looking for my mistakes. Um, the lower kids, it makes them feel more comfortable because they see, oh my goodness, even the teacher makes a mistake. If they catch a mistake, everyone gets excited because I have this rule that if if I were to ever make three in a day, I stop teaching. It becomes a community of people looking for mistakes that Mrs. Langle made. So that's one of the favorite things that I do that's really fun. And um, so far this year, I've only had to sit down once and they will talk about it all year round. I think that's fantastic. What a great carrot to, to hold out there. If you make three mistakes in a day, you stop teaching. That's incredible. And I, I I can see the I can see the investment, the enthusiasm, the focus that you've created. Yeah, and it's really funny because if I make two, I'll I'll say to them, "Oh my goodness, I'm so nervous," and I'm not even kidding because <laughs> I don't want to sit down. I'm like competitive. I don't have. And then when you're yeah. nervous, and I always tell them this, and when you're nervous, that's when you make more mistakes. And you know, so I'm just trying to be really honest about how I'm feeling and how it's going to affect my work because then I bring it back to, you know, when you're nervous. When you're taking a test, you have to talk to yourself and you have to talk nice to yourself and you have to go through and do all the easy problems. And so I talk a lot about the psychology of taking tests with them because so mm. many students have uh, math anxiety. And, and, and I guess that also transfers to test taking anxiety as well. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. So you're really preparing them success in math, success in test taking and success in life. Because all that you're doing right now transfers, correct? I hope so. <laughs> oh, no question. No question. Absolutely, Deb. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. are, what are, are Now, you said you brought in some guest speakers. What kinds of folks do you bring in? Well, um, I joined a really big running group, and, um, and we raise money for cancer. So it's, it brings a whole bunch of different kinds of people together. And mm -hmm. so one of the speakers was Jen Cronenberg. She's been on TED Talks. She's written a couple of books. She came in. She's um, a sports, sports psychologist, too. She came in and spoke to the students. They really connected with her and they loved her. Mm -hmm. um, another um, man, Mark Goodwin, he's from the area. He's a, a trainer, a physical trainer, you know, and he also works on mind, body, spirit. So these are people in the community that were really happy when I reached out because they're also committed to kids. Are, are, are you getting or feeling any support from colleagues? I think that um, a lot of my colleagues love the idea of it, um, especially in my department. Most of them don't feel super comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Um, so they they frequently ask me for support on because it's one of our initiatives to try to um, incorporate the SEL into our lessons. So they many times come and ask me, you know, how could they do that? They don't feel comfortable with this. They don't want to do this. They they the one thing I hear is I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not you know mm. I'm not a counselor. I don't feel comfortable with this. And so you know I try to come up with just small little baby steps that they can take that they are comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Cause I think that everyone does SEL in their classroom. Mm -hmm. They and just don't always recognize it. 
I think that's so important, Deb. Let's dig into that a little bit. I know uh, you you know my friend Krista Lay, correct? Yes, I do. One of the things that Krista always emphasizes and shares, uh, SEL is not a program, it's who you are. Mm. And, and that that idea of, yes, I love the activities and, and yes, I, I love the deep dialogue. And to our colleagues, no, I don't want you to be a psychiatrist. I don't want you to be a counselor. I want you to be, as you've shared with us tonight, fully authentic, transparent, integrous human being. That's what our children are looking for. That's mm, true. That's what they're looking for. So, so as we move now, now again, so you had 24 students for this first, is it a semester? What, what? Semester. Yeah. We'll okay. switch and, in and, January. And, and so will you, you'll have uh, 24 more or, or you may not be sure of the number yet. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly if they've allowed students to take it twice. Um, okay. and that yeah, that'll, that's going to be a surprise for me, but that's okay. okay. I love surprises. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that'll last till May or June? Yeah, till the end of the year. Yes. Okay, fantastic. Mm-hmm. So you're you're doing a, a maybe a different group twice a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Before it was um this would be the first time that we switched it, and it's mostly because so many students wanted to be involved. Prior to this, it was all year. But what 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 a great problem to have. So many students want to be involved. That's fantastic. Right, right. So I'm looking for more ways to open it up to have more students involved. Okay. Now, uh, this isn't public information, but by the time this podcast come out, it will be. We just sent Sarah O'Barro a a kind of a resource website that Abby and I created. It's called December is for Gratitude. And uh, it's just chock full of activity after activity, activity, research, uh, and we've also tapped into a lot of Marty Seligman's work. So you'll get that, I hope and trust. Yeah, that is one of the the hardest parts for me on the very beginning. I just wanted to find a curriculum for positive psychology. I just wanted to find something that I I wasn't recreating the wheel all the time. Mm. Um, so that has been the biggest struggle for me. And that's why... Um, you know, if other people want to reach out and they want to know what I'm doing, I am more than willing to share because I, I think this is such important work for all of our students. So, so Deb, also another resource for you or anyone else, and I don't know if I mentioned it when we were last together, Abby created this resource called That's SEL, and there's a bunch of activities there, uh, some samples from high school, but I think you could also easily adapt the middle school lessons and, and also some some research and podcasts and what have you. So I hope that can be helpful to you as well. That'd be so, great. So let's let's talk about what's your what's your next dream? What's your next vision for happiness 101 or beyond? So um I started asking, can I teach an entire class? Can I can I teach positive psychology? Can I use the same ideas that I have and and really teach it as a psychology class? Um, the other thing I'd like to do is I would like to have my former graduates be able to come back and I'd love for them to mentor our younger kids. Mm. Oh, that would be fantastic. Um, cause I see that these children, as they leave now they're in college 
and they're doing great things. And mm. I think that it would be so nice for them to be able to, to look back and say to the ninth grade student who's struggling, hey, I was struggling too. And mm. I'm so happy today. And this is so great. You know what I'd love to do? How about somewhere in the future, this school year, if possible, if you can coordinate it, Deb, how about if we get maybe four or so of those students to return and do another podcast with us? Hmm, that would be awesome. So you, you can use that for all your incoming students as well. Obviously, the mentoring idea is ideal, mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, just a, another option that we can offer. That would be awesome. And then the other piece that I, I'd love to have this be an elective course, that'd be fantastic. And I imagine that needs board approval, mm -hmm. but you can create that curriculum and anything, anything we can do to help, please let us know. We'd, we'd love to help with that. That'd be super. Thank you. Oh yeah, absolutely. So as we, we get ready to, to wind down a little bit, Mike, can you imagine anything like this? Now you're elementary. Does this have a place in your mind as an elementary educator, Mike? I've seen a big shift in the last years, specifically with our school counselors and what their focus has been during their lessons, during encore or specials periods. So I see it coming from that avenue um, very frequently. And it's neat, but it's not always enough. So I think that explicit instruction has been great, but we're also seeing a lot of teachers build this into their day and their routine, which has been just fantastic because you really need to front load this and you need to let some other things give to get it started. But the return on your investment by implementing these things and integrating it into the kids' days, it, it pays back tenfold. You, you always, always get that time back. And more and more people are starting to realize that inside the school. And even now, so the parents are starting to understand that and get on board for it. And they actively look for those teachers that are they're implementing those practices. It's been fantastic. That's, that's wonderful to hear. I'm happy to hear about that. Are you are you hearing any of the positive re response from parents, Deb? Um, it's funny because what I do hear is that they uh, students report that the kids like my that they enjoy my class and they never enjoyed math before. And the one thing I always say is. You're going to hear something about silly things going on and please know that it's all true, but that we're still able to learn because your kids are listening to me more. They're paying attention and they want to make me happy. They want to Ooh. please me. So therefore they try a little bit harder. I love it. I love it. So final thoughts, Deb, go back to all of our colleagues who may be new to social emotional learning, positive psychology, happiness research. And, and, and you know, I'm gonna ask you as, as, a, as an educator who's, who's been doing this a little bit, what would you want any educator to know, but particularly our young teachers coming into a very stressful time, mm. what, why should they spend their, their energy in this area? Well, like Mike said, it it pays back so much. Um, if I send an encouraging email to a parent 
um, for a student who typically doesn't do well in school. The parent is so happy. They say nice things to the student. The student is therefore so proud and so happy. They come back and they bring all that happy and positivity to me. Um, building those relationships, taking that time um, makes my job easier. If I have students who want to, to come to my class and want to learn, that's so much of the battle already. So they, they want to learn. You've mentioned earlier, they're less stressed. They're learning more efficiently. Again, Deb teaches high-level mathematics courses. Uh, so kids are being very, very successful. And they are prepared for life outside of high school. So Deb, how, how might our listeners find you? Um, they can use my school email. That would okay. probably be the best way to get a hold of me. So it's just my first initial D and then my last name, Langle, at weirdtownasd.org. Thank you so much, Deb. Thank you for taking this time with us after a full day of work. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a wonderful opportunity.